Welcome to the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, Morgan Colby and Rick Lemon. Welcome to a little Friday edition of the Fantasy Champions Fantasy Football Podcast. The draft guide ate me alive and spit me out. Yeah. I'm tired. Uh, I mean, that just shows how much work that was put into it, though. For you guys. I'm tired for you guys. My wife, she said last night when I went to bed, she was like, you haven't talked to me in five days. (laughs) I'm like, I haven't. We're also in the midst of our uh, rookie draft, or or not rookie draft, our dynasty startup uh, draft with our staff. It's a slow draft, but uh, the entire day is filled with consistent conversations. So um, I guess I talk to the fantasy football team more than I talk to my wife as well. Oh, definitely. (laughs) He says so definitely. I've talked to them more than pretty much anybody in my life. That's so funny. Um, My name is Morgan Colby. I got Rick Lemon with me as always. And today we are bringing you our tight end rankings for the 2020 season. We're going to give you the top 10 and the rest. You got to slap the guide. You got to go get the guide if you want to see the rest of our tight end rankings. So there you have it. Um, before we jump into tight end rankings, check out our website, thefantasychampions.com. Follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs, on Instagram at the Fantasy Champions. You can like us at Facebook.com forward slash the Fantasy Champions. Subscribe wherever you listen, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. If you are on YouTube, leave a comment. Click the bell for notifications. You know where it is. Click it. You get notifications about whenever we post content on our YouTube channel. So do that. And then leave a review if you're listening on any podcast platform. Uh, we also would like to tell you about the draft guide, which launched, what, July 1st. If you want to win your yeah. friggin' league, dude, if you want all the content you need to win your league, all you got to do is purchase this little thing we call the draft guide. It has uh, the full rankings, breakouts, busts, player breakdowns, uh, draft values, all kinds of stuff in the guide. So be sure to check it out and uh, purchase it. It is $25 in the price is going to stay there for the rest of uh, the off season. So if you purchase it, you w- you still have a chance to be entered into our listener league. Um, it's filling up. So please, for the love of God, just buy the draft guide. You need it. It's yeah, $25. It's, it's, it's cheap. It's worth the purchase. Think about the things you could buy for $25. Yeah, it's either like two... A pack two, of underwear at Walmart. Or... <laughs> it's probably cheaper than $25, to be honest with you. Yeah. Probably not even too large. Yeah, that's depending on where you go. That's gross, dude. It could be like one large cheese pizza and like a side of wings or the draft guide. Or or the it's draft help guide. You win your league. Yeah. It's a it's a cheap expenditure considering dominating your friends for an entire, you know, regular season. So be yeah. sure to buy the draft guide. Um let's jump into our tight end rankings. We're gonna try to keep this brief. We got ten tight ends to talk about. Mm. So we will do our best. Maybe eleven, uh, considering that me and Rick have two different guys. Um, and I'm going to explain to you why one of those guys I am uh, out on, but you know, we're, we're going to talk mostly about the consensus that we have, the consensus rankings that we have. Um, yeah, so that's what we'll do, but let's get started. So the first guy on our list is a one Travis Kelsey. Uh, I don't think there's any dispute. Travis Kelsey being the one. No, no. I mean, there's a lot of people that like the number is there two a number two? List. Is there a number like I, I? I would say that there are people. Yeah, like you said, there there are people who want Kittle there, but mm-hmm. uh, Kittle's. Be- I, I, I've said this before. Kittle's a better tight end than the Kelsey because tight end oh, takes I, more yeah, than I agree 100% passing. But uh, if you're talking about fantasy football, there's no way. And Travis Kelsey is by far, by far, Patrick Mahomes' favorite target. Yeah, I mean, honestly, but, like, he gets more targets. Than, I mean, he gets the same amount of targets, if not more, than Tyreek Hill, Hill yeah. on a year-to-year basis. So, yeah, I definitely, I'm with you on that. Uh, I do like the upside of George Kittle. Like, I think I think he's in the same tier as right. Travis Kelsey. right. Uh, but I would I would definitely take Travis Kelsey and redraft over George Kittle because yeah for one I mean the dude had so when Mahomes went down Kelsey I think he only had like 
one touchdown or no touchdowns. I don't remember correctly, but he didn't. Yeah. He didn't really explode. And Kelsey had a down year for touchdowns. He only had five the whole season. Uh, the year before that, he had ten. So if Kelsey gets like like eight, which is around where he usually gets like yeah. seven or eight touchdowns, um, he's going to be once again like a dominant top tight end. So I, I don't think there's really much to debate with Kelsey. The only thing you can make the argument is he's, I believe, thirty one. So yeah, he's definitely on the back nine wow. of his career. Woo. Yeah, no, Kittle's he's thirty. Here. He's thirty. Kittle he is here to stay during the season. Yeah, and I think Kittle's only twenty six. So, but in redraft, it's not going to really affect much for this year, I think. But for the next like two to three years, I think Kittle's going to take yeah. over that top spot. So, um, my goodness, I feel like that's a lot with the projections that I have. <laughs> I mean. Are you looking I, at the projections for Kelsey? I'm looking at my projections for Kelsey and I'm mm-hmm. kind of, it's making me a little nervous and I want to pull up player profiler and just see how many targets he had last year. Cause I might need to readjust my love of I mean, Travis he had, Kelsey. He had 135 two years ago, I think. Uh, let's see. We got 136 uh, last year. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I projected him at 150. Okay, that's I feel better that's about not, myself. Yeah, that's <laughs> um, tied for a career high. But I think for a tight end, quick. the second closest guy I have in the target share is George Kittle, and that's at one twenty-five. So, like Travis Kelsey getting targeted, if he's healthy, getting targeted as much as he has is by far and away the number one guy. You know what I mean? Like he is. I, I would I would want to like based on how many fantasy points he has, he's probably like a wide receiver nine if you were to put him in wide receivers. So it's like yeah. where he if, if you feel like the value matches where he's getting drafted, you know what I mean? And and like this is the way that I look at it with Travis Kelsey when you're talking about drafting is that we'll preface this entire episode by saying we don't draft tight ends early. We do not do that. It's a waste of Correct, time. Yeah. Unless that Just player equals the value of a wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, I also don't like to draft tight ends early because I think I can find a potential breakout tight end in Later like the, in the ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth round, where it's harder to do that for right. a running back or a wide receiver. Um, with tight ends, I you know I think TJ Hawkinson, who we'll get to, yeah, uh, no font, Mike Isecki, guys like that, yeah, I think can all be top five tight ends this year, or at least one of them will, I think. Um, so I, I just like the upside of drafting a tight end later. Yeah, but you know if Kelsey's there and nobody's taking him don't be afraid to pull the trigger like because so he can be like top 10 uh if he was a wide receiver he'd probably finish around the top 10 this year i think if you're looking at um 12 team half ppr adp mm-hmm. um kelsey's going off the board at 19 right now 19.9 so let's just say 20 and if i say that he's going to be you know he's technically a wide receiver 9 in order for him to match the value he would have to go at ADP of 27. So that's why I don't draft Travis Kelsey or George Kittle early because Mm -hmm. I want him if, you know, the production is obviously there for either one of those guys. Right. But I would, I have a hard time looking at Travis Kelsey's ADP at 19 and saying it's worth, it's justified in that reach because you have guys like Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Amari Cooper, Julio Jones going off the board where some people are going to take Travis Kelsey. It's like, I'd much rather have those wide receivers than Travis Kelsey. Yeah. You know but, what I'm saying? I mean, if he's there with, if like, he's there in the third round, cause that's where, yeah, do that's it. where I had him with his, with the ranking do it. Him like 25th among all players. Mm-hmm. So if he's like there, um, then yeah, I would, I would definitely take him, but in most drafts, he goes in the second round, like mid second round too. And the other uh, question, I've even seen him go at the end of the first round in some leagues. The other question that you have to ask is, is the advantage of having a Travis Kelsey that, like, substantial? You know what I'm saying? I don't think or it is George week Kittle. to week because it's only like a five to like yeah. six point advantage on guys who are, you know, at, at like the bottom 10 yeah. uh, among tight ends. And my number 10 projected tight end and my number one projected tight end is about a, I want to say a hundred fantasy point difference, which is huge. It's huge. That is true. Um, but it's, it's also like when I, when you, like you said on a week to week basis, does that is a tight end. I feel like a quarterback's going to make more of a difference 
in your week to week fantasy production than a, a tight end would. You know what I mean? Because, right. you know, if a, like a tight end's not going to score you 35 fantasy points, it might happen like once a season. It's probably not, you're probably not going to get, I mean, right. Max, you're probably going to get like, it happens. But your, PPR, your like. quarterback can probably get you 10 to 15 points over the other team's quarterback. Well, sure. your, your tight end might score 15 points, but the other team's tight end might have a breakout week and score 10. So, like you said, the point differential is not it's that also massive. Where you're, picking him similar to a quarterback like that last tight end that you were talking about your yeah. tight end for me it's like a it's a, like a 75 point difference between kelsey right, and right. my 10th tight end um but you're getting that 10th tight end like the 12th round versus kelsey in the second right so i think it would be just smarter to build your team in those first few rounds with those instead of wasting and on receivers and then yeah. go after the tight end um later on who with upside. And even but if like, again go ahead if you're gonna take a tight end it's Kelsey that's all I was gonna say yeah oh yeah yeah I mean yeah it's either one of those guys but yeah so I I I mean I projected him at 223 if you want to see the rest of our projections on all the other tight ends please check out the draft guide 25 dollars about 215 okay um let's talk about the next guy George Kittle because you know he's in the conversation um like I said I have him at 125 uh, the big question with Kittle is is Jimmy Garoppolo and uh-huh. how he responds. We've seen, you know, we've seen guys lose Super Bowls and fall off a cliff and all that stuff. No, I'm not saying Matt George Ryan. Kittle will do that. <laughs> yeah, Matt Ryan, um, Jared Goff. Like Matt Ryan, I mean, Cam Newton. Cam Newton, yeah. The following seasons for those guys just weren't the greatest. Yeah, but still so decent because they were good players, but but I, not like, where they were. When you think about, and this is the big thing with San Francisco, is that when you think about the construct of the San Francisco offense, right? Mm. Debo Samuel is going to miss two to four weeks in the regular season. Book it. I said it right now. January or July. I said January. July third. Uh, he will probably miss a little bit of time at the beginning of the season, right? And then you have Brandon Ayuk, who's probably the second wide receiver on that team, and then Jalen Hurd and. Dante Pettis and some other guys, yeah. they don't have a great wide receiver core. And with as good as George Kittle is and has been over the last couple of years, yes, he's going to get his targets. He's going to get his share of work. You think he could but get a career high in targets? He could year? probably get a career high in targets. And I think, I think that is the direction that it's trending just because like, would you consider George Kittle the number one target in that offense? Uh, yeah. I so would. like, if that's the case, then he should get targeted the most. Yeah. Like that's just I, I where I'm at. He's not as yeah. good catching the football as Travis Kelsey is. Um, so I don't know if he can get to, you know, like I have Travis Kelsey at 105 receptions. Um, I don't know if he can get past that hundred receptions point, but I mean, he's all, he's if as he much gets, of a lock as Travis Kelsey is. If he gets like 130 opinion. plus targets again, I think he can get hundred receptions. And if he does that, he's right there with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, but I love sure. about Kittle too, is he's only had five career touch. Like, he has five touchdowns in 2018 and then five touchdowns in 2019. Oh, yeah, I project him at six gets, this year. How many do you have him at? Uh, six. If he can get like seven, eight touchdowns. He could be the even, tight end one. Yeah, I mean, and it's very possible because he's the only target in that offense to start the season. So I I do really like Kittle, but I just value. think Kelsey. I, the value, yeah. And I, I just think Kelsey, too, is just – you, you have a better chance for him getting those touchdowns than you do at Kittle because of right. the situation in San Francisco and the run-heavy offense. But, I again, if you're going to take a tight end early, it's going to be – it has to be Kelsey or Kittle. Now, let's play the uh, – let's play the where they came off the board game with Kelsey and Kittle. Sure. <laughs> because – so, would you rather have Travis Kelsey or George Kittle than Chris Godwin? No. Mike Evans. That's it's a little I closer. Have, I might. Ha- I, I think I'd rather have Evans, one. but that's a toss-up with Kelsey and Evans. And then you have uh, Kenny Galladay. I'd rather have Galladay. Uh, Thielen. Uh, see, that's where I kind of start to go. I think I okay. might take Kelsey over Thielen. It's okay. toss-up though. Uh, and then I'm Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper. Yeah, I'd rather have Amari Cooper. Cooper Cup. Uh, I'd probably go Kelsey. Okay, yeah, because that starts getting into ADP 34. So like I said, if you're talking about 
late third, early fourth round for some of these tight ends. I think it's justifiable to draft Travis Kelsey and George Kittle there. And if I'm in my draft and that's where they oh, are, yeah. then that's where I'm going. But I can tell you right now that Travis Kelsey and George Kittle are going to be uh, mid to late second round picks. And at that value, it's just not worth it for me. I'd rather build the core yeah. structure of my unit and draft a tight end later. Uh, if especially they fall, if, if they fall around, though, I, I'm willing to take Kelsey and kill. Okay. Um, let's talk about Darren Waller. Or I'm sorry. Hold on a second. I'm, I'm looking at the wrong sheet. Let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about Zach Ertz. So right now, you know, the consensus big three from last year. Yep. I guess we have the consensus big three again this year. I have uh, a lot of hate for that. Uh, we both have Travis Kelsey and George Kittle one and two, <laughs> but I yeah. have, I have Zach Ertz at number four and you have Zach Ertz at number three. So, yep. um, explain why you have him at three. Cause I'm, I'm curious to see where your head's at with that. Um, first of all, Ertz had a better year than people thought last year. Cause people will just like be like, Oh, he disappointed me. And, he was terrible because I took him in like the third round. That's because he took him in the third round. He yeah, was don't the take a tight end in the third round. He was only five points off. We told you that. We freaking told yeah. you that last year. And if he didn't listen, it's not on he us. He was five points off from Darren Waller. One less game played. Wow. Uh, and he was only four points off from Mark Andrews. Um, Do you think that's so because there's had, no one there to target? Or is that just Zach Ertz being Zach Ertz? So, I mean, no, I think that's just Zach Ertz being Zach Ertz because in 2018, he had 156 targets. Last year, he only had 135 in 15 okay. games. If he plays a full 16 games, even with Dallas Goder there, because I think that, that the Eagles are going to play kind of like the Patriots did a few years ago with Gronk and Hernandez. That's how yeah. they, they like to use two tight ends yeah. uh, in the passing game. Uh, so he's still going to get targets. Alshon Jeffrey's probably going to be on the PUP to start the season. Uh, so if he's, if that's the case, you have rookie Jalen Rieger, you have old man, Deshaun Jackson, and that's it. And then, I mean, Zach Ertz is going to be the main target, just like he, just like Travis Kelsey is and just like George Kittle is. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's fair. I think <laughs> if Ertz gets like 145 targets and he can get like 95 to hundred catches, like he, he's going to be the third tight end to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a fair, that's a fair argument. I, I think the biggest concern for me with, with Zachar, uh, Zachary Ertz is, um, is his age. I just want to confirm that before I say it out loud. He's 29. So um, he is on a little, a little bit on the older side. The, um, the Eagles are going to have Deshaun Jackson full time back. They hopefully not six weeks into the season. will have Alshon Jeffrey, but he will miss time at the beginning of the season expected. And then Jalen Rieger, who they just added to the offense. So they tried to add some offensive pieces uh, and Miles Sanders good through the air as well. So I think there's some like, sure. I think a lot of that is more of a, you know, as much as we have Dallas Goddard on the, I don't know, maybe we should take him off the uh, breakout or sleeper tight ends list. No, but I think, I, I think that's more of an indictment on not indictment, but more of a, a concern for Dallas Goddard than it is for Zach Ertz because Zach Ertz always sure. gets the target share. So it's like, if he, if he, like last year, you you were referencing his 15 games and he had 135 targets in those games. And it's like, why is that going to change? You know what I mean? Paced mm-hmm. out for one more week, they had 144 targets and that's right up there with Travis Kelsey. And the only difference between Kelsey and Ertz was just efficiency, you know? And so that's like, you know, if you're, if you're looking at Ertz and, and where he is, like, I, I think he's going to finish as a third tight end next year, but there's a good possibility that he could finish as the tight end one. Now I have him for just because there's another man's I like a little bit more than him. He's on the younger side, but we'll get uh, to that sure. soon. No, I mean, I get the concern with Zach Ertz cause he disappointed a lot of people last year, but yeah. he's still going to be like really solid. And I think Ertz is still solid. Like look at last year. If you look at, uh, targets, uh, Zach Ertz was first on the team. Dallas Goddard was second and miles sanders was third wow so so they're all they're all involved wow. alshon jeffrey again he only played 10 games last year i think he's probably gonna only play 10 games this year around there uh and then sean jackson and jalen rieger is gonna get their targets but carson Wentz threw the ball 607 times last year and i think that's probably gonna happen again this year so if they throw the ball over 600 times there's gonna be enough targets to go around Let's uh let's play the ADP, ADP game again with Zach Ertz because he's going forty five, which is a little better. Yeah. Um. You have Allen Robinson at forty four. I'd rather have Allen Robinson. Keenan Allen at forty seven. I'd rather have Zach Ertz. 
48, Robert Woods. Well, that's a toss up for me. And then 49, I'm, Juju, and 50, Lockett. Uh, I'd rather have Juju, but not Lockett. I'd rather have so Lockett. He's, he's in that range, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's some guys you can take him over, but if you're just assuming you're in the fifth round and you're assuming that Allen Robinson's on the board, Robert Woods, Juju Smith-Schuster, like there are other options besides Zach Ertz. If you're right. on the board and all of those options are off the board, and then you're not even talking about the running backs on the board and the situation that you're in, like the value is not there. Now, I could see him when things start really cooking to fall a little bit down boards further than the fourth. Like people are going to be hyped up on Andrews. He's already ahead of Zachers. People are going to be hyped up on Waller. Uh, they're going to be hyped up on Rob Gronkowski. Don't, don't look at me like that. I know you're, you're like, Oh, what are you talking about? But people are going to love Gronk. They're going to be like, let's yeah. go. I'm going to go draft Gronk as a fifth tight end off the board. I mean, he's going right now as the seventh. So he's freaking close. Um, and there are just other guys that I think people might jump ahead of to draft Zach over Zach Ertz. But I think that's another sneaky little guy that you might be able to snag in the fifth or sixth round. I'm not a tight end draft early guy, but if, if he falls far enough, just like if Ertz or Kelsey were, I mean, uh, if Kelsey sure. or Kittle were to fall, I would totally jump on board with drafting them too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I have him four because of his age. Mostly, I mean, it makes sense. And like dynasty wise, like Zach Ertz is a little less uh, valuable because of his age. Yeah, he probably has. And with Dallas Goddard there, who is also younger, um, I could see Ertz being there for like another like two, three years, maybe. And then they kind of kick him to the curb, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. But that's how it goes in the NFL. So the fourth guy on our list, Darren, a Waller. Um, that's consensus. I have Waller three. You have him four. So it's the reverse. Um, Waller was, was, uh, insanely good last year in the time that he had. And a lot of, there are, there is a strong following that will tell you don't draft Darren Waller this year. Don't, don't go anywhere near Darren Waller because he's going to bust. And yep. I don't, and, and that these same people are telling you to run after Mark Andrews and I don't see it. I really don't. And we'll talk about Mark Andrews in a second, but I, Love Darren Waller. And, and the reason why is because last year, in all the games that he played, he had 117 targets. So he almost had 120 targets. He was a target friggin' machine. Outside of Kittle and Kelsey, I think he was third in the league in targets. Or, uh, I'm sorry, Kittle, Kelsey, and Ertz. He was third in the league in targets. Uh-huh. I think. Maybe Andrews had more. I don't know. I don't remember. But anyway. No, I, I'm pretty sure Waller had more targets than Mark Andrews. The biggest thing is... The, the biggest thing you have to look at, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you have to look at routes run and the snap percentage of the amount of time that guy was on the field. And when you look at Mark Andrews, you know, like I said, we'll get to it him in a high. second. It yeah. wasn't high. And, and Waller was on the field for a majority of that time. Now there is concerns. They brought in a tight end, right? Uh, Jason, Jason Witten. Witten, I think. Yeah, yeah. Witten. So Witten is, is not going to get, he's, that's a, that's a Foster Moreau replacement. Like, <laughs> like I'm right. Gonna, exactly. That's not going to be any indictment on, on Darren Waller. Darren Waller is going to get 120 targets. They love to throw to the tight end position. Yes, they added Henry Ruggs, but Henry Ruggs plays a similar style of offense to Tyreek Hill. So he's not going to get targeted, especially this season in his rookie year, over 125 times. It's not going to happen. No, no, no. So Waller's going to get between 115 and 120, and I think that makes him a top five, top four tight end. And the biggest thing I love about Darren Waller is the fact that he scored two touchdowns last year. Now, you like that's like, oh, well, why do you like that about him? That, that's terrible. It's because... Um, I'm sorry. He scored three touchdowns last three, year. Three touchdowns. Um, but you know, people are like, "Oh, well, why? Why do you like that?" And it, you want to know why? It's because he, it's because he still finished as a top five tight end without any touchdowns. So if he gets the yep. same amount of target share and the same amount of production, and he scores Plus six, seven yeah. touchdowns, I mean, there's no way he doesn't finish as a top four tight end. So I'm on board with Darren Waller. His ADP right now is 56, which is very good. Um, yeah. Compared to Mark Andrews, ADP of 41. Yeah. Um, I, I draft Darren Waller over Mark Andrews all day. Yeah, no, I, I, I would too. And we're in the minority with that. Uh, yep. I do think Andrews and Waller are close together, but the difference for me is kind of what you alluded to. I mean, yeah. Mark Andrews, we'll get to him, but for Darren Waller, he had, uh, like you said, three touchdowns last year, mm-hmm. uh, 90 catches, uh, 
over a thousand yards. So he had a, he had a great year, but the three touchdowns mm-hmm. brought him down fantasy wise. Yeah, I even project him to get a little bit less targets because okay. you know I do think Henry Ruggs <laughs> is with Henry Ruggs there, like, and, and the Raiders don't throw the ball a whole ton, so I, I do think he'll get a little less targets and mm-hmm. receptions and yards just by a little bit. But I have him at like seven touchdowns or six. I think I have him at six touchdowns. Yeah. Yep. And just by him going from three to six touchdowns, he's the fourth tight end on my projections. Um, so, and I do think that's very possible. I mean, three touchdowns mm-hmm. is low for somebody who, who gets 90. Where did you have him on your projections? Uh, like where do I have him ranked? Yeah. Uh, among tight ends. I got to go back to the page. I think I had him fourth. Yeah. I got I him Ertz third. Ahead of him. I had um, yeah. I had him three points ahead of Ertz, but that's only because I only have, I only have oh, Ertz three God. points ahead of Waller. I had Waller three points ahead of Ertz with four touchdowns. Wow, one hundred and fifteen targets, eighty five receptions, and one thousand fifty five yards. Like that, that's it. That's insane to me. Add a couple more touchdowns, and he might be up there. Like that, the, so many people. I hate to call he's not a sleeper at all because he's getting drafted no, in the sixth no, round. No, no. Not a sleeper at all. But I feel like a lot of people are just completely forgetting and are down on Darren Waller for no particular reason other than Jason Witten or a rookie wide receiver coming in. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I do think Waller's uh, receptions might go down a little bit and his yards might go down a little bit because I do think, yeah. you know, Ruggs and Hunter Renfro. And, I mean, I Which don't know fair. how much Tyrell Williams is going to play this year, but Renfro's none of those guys are going to get, I don't think big red zone production yeah like, i don't think any of those guys are going to get a lot of touchdowns mm-hmm. darren waller to me has the most potential in that offense to get a lot of touchdowns uh so and even even if he doesn't like they're yeah Derek card through like i think 22 touchdown passes last year wow which is low for even Derek Carr, who's not known for throwing like 40 touchdowns but mm-hmm. he usually gets like 25 26 so if you just add those three four touchdowns and give them to waller the dude's gonna be at least uh, yeah, let's let's talk about while we're while we're here. Let's talk about Mark Andrews because um, I have him five, you have him five, so we'll get that out of the way. Sure. Like Mark Andrews, I really do. I think he's a I think he's a cute little player. He's young too. He's gonna um, be he's gonna be good for a long time. The big problem with Mark Andrews, and and I've I talked about this last year. Um, hold on one second. I talked about him last year. I'm trying to get to fantasy pros. Um, I talked about him last year and, and I talked about his snap percentages and I talked okay. about where he was, you know, in total snap count and how, how much opportunity he got and how he was only on the field when they intended on targeting him or they intended on him running a route. So it was, a, you know, on passing downs, he was out there and, uh, for Mark Andrews, do you want to know the average of time that he was on the field last year? What was it? It was. Where are you, Mark? <laughs> Don't tell me he's all the way down this list. Don't tell me that. I can't even find him. I can't find him on this list. That's terrible. Well, while you look for him, yeah. uh, I'll say what I don't like about Mark Andrews. Oh, um, here we go. Okay. The average snap percentage for Dar- uh, for Mark Andrews. 31%. Darren Waller was at 58%. Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz, 63 and 61. So you're telling me, fantasy football community, that a 31% snap percentage for Mark Andrews is going gonna, is gonna to produce top three numbers? Come on. You've got to be kidding me. I mean, it's possible, but you have to do the I same thing. I don't even want to have him top five anymore after seeing that. It, Disgusting. You'd have to. You'd have to do the same thing he did last year, and maybe even more. Like you might have yeah. to have eleven touchdowns instead of ten to get top three for tight ends. And the thing I don't like about Andy, I still like Andrews. I'm sorry, really the percentage was forty four percent. I had the I had the total average per game. Who was forty four percent? George, I mean uh, Mark Andrews. So okay. Mark Andrews forty four percent. Travis That's Kelsey, like, Darren Waller, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, all eighty five or above. Oh, really? 85%? Yeah, I'm sorry. I was oh, I was wow. looking at the count total percentages. That's so a big, I was going to say that's a big, for, that's a big difference. Yeah, that is like under 50% versus like 80% is a huge difference. Uh, note to then, self, always click the percentages tab. Yeah, that's what you should have done. <laughs> but 
like we talked if you guys listened to our quarterback show we did talk about lamar jackson yeah. and his potential i mean we both love lamar i like him even more than morgan does but i still think he's going to have a touchdown regression he threw 36 touchdown mm-hmm. passes last year with like 450 attempts or something like that um so he he had a lot of touchdown passes considering his attempts. I think that's going to go down to like yeah. twenty nine to twenty five touchdown passes somewhere in that range. Uh, if that happens, you know I don't think Mark Andrews is going to. If, if Lamar throws like twenty six touchdown passes, I don't think Mark Andrews is going to get ten of those, um, like he did last year. He had ten touchdown receptions. Mm-hmm. So if he just has like the same year he did last year, which I think he's going to have about because the Ravens don't throw the ball enough. Mm-hmm. It's like around hundred targets, like sixty five catches, sixty five seventy catches. 850 yards in that range and but he gets like six touchdowns instead of 10 he's going to be like the tight end six tight end seven tight end five. i, I think he's going to be in that range i think the hard part is that when you talk about this same conversation i don't know man we might need to add darren waller to a bus list i mean uh mark andrews to a bus list some sometime uh if you're talking about a guy right who had a, only a 44% snap percentage. Yeah. Like, there is no way in hell he can continue I would that. Start, I would honestly consider him a bust right now. If he's going in the third round, uh, late third round, which I've seen him in drafts go in the late third round. Like, I just think that's too The hype for him is real in the fantasy community. And I get it, especially in Dynasty, because he's got Lamar for the next however many years. He's very yeah. young. Uh, he's t- he has a lot of talent in the passing game. Oh no! So I I, Mark I get the hype is a bust in dynasty, but in redraft Man. year, I just think he's going to disappoint people this year. I really do. Now that we have um, enlightened ourselves on Mark Andrews, are you considering changing your rankings? Uh, no. But okay. The reason why is because I I like when I projected Mark Andrews, I, I might have Evan Ingram over him which is the next guy so, we're going to talk about. Uh, see, but that's I don't know. what I, I wouldn't do because I just think the next group of tight ends are not in the same category as Waller, Ernst, Kittle, Kelsey. And so Mark even Andrews. though I don't think Andrews is really in that category either, he's yeah. at the top of the next group. Okay. Yeah, Does that's that fair enough. I, I wouldn't disagree with you on that. When you see the next guys, it's kind of more... Like, Evan Ingram hasn't been able to stay on the field and, and all that stuff. So, right. you know, when you're talking about, you know, some of the guys further down the list, they all have their question marks, whereas Mark Andrews has produced. <laughs> bless you. Mark Andrews I'm has... sick for some reason. To oh, great. Coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> coronavirus. Um, so, yeah, but I, I think that's that's very concerning. You know, you, you, you compare it to a similar, a similar situation where Aaron Jones, right? People talk about, oh, why is he going to regress or what's his problem? It's because you talk about the top running backs in the league having a snap percentage of ninety, you know, five percent or so, right? Ninety-five to eighty-five percent, and you're in the top categories because you're getting all the snaps. Whereas right. Aaron Jones only was on the field sixty percent of the time. But the reason why he was explosive and had a really good season last year was just because he was highly efficient. So the efficiency isn't going to line up if he only gets sixty percent of the snaps next year again. And it's the same thing with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews just, if he's not getting 80% of the snaps because he sucks at blocking or whatever it is, then yeah. you're, you're, going to, you're going to have a situation where he's not going to run routes and he's not going to get targets. And it's like, it was, it was a situation I talked about in the middle of the season where he's one of those guys that could potentially poop his pants for you on a week-to-week basis just because he doesn't get that target. And it didn't go up as the season went along. It was always hovering right between 42 and 52%. So it's like, right. that's scary to me. I don't know. that that I saw that stat the other day, and I was like, ugh. Yeah, that is that is definitely scary. Um, so I would I would say, of, I, we'll, we'll rank him five just for the sake of not looking like fools, but... <laughs> well, I, also, I mean... At again, the end of the season. I, because I do believe he's gonna finish in between like five to seven yeah in that range so but I'm when, finally putting them in but when you're with that in in your mind what i just said mark andrews at adp of 41 as a third tight end off the board are you okay with that no yeah me neither no. so i would i would say avoid at all costs mark andrews unless he falls to the sixth or seventh round which, um, is, not which is not going to happen. So avoid Mark Andrews. Uh, let's talk about the number six guy. Uh, Evan Ingram wrote, wrote for another publication, the undroppables an article for uh, Evan Ingram's Liz Frank foot injury. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I believe so. 
So go check that out on his page. We'll plug you, Adam. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so Evan Ingram, obviously so many injuries. I don't want to go over them. That is why he's six. He's so talented. He's unbelievably talented. And oh, he has, yeah. I mean, finally has a quarterback who can throw a football. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you finally joined the disrespect UI train. Um, I, I mean, I, I do. I didn't. I think I think people disliked Eli for the sake of disliking Eli. I don't That's think fair. they. But I think in, no. in Eli's last year and last yeah, two he was, years, he, he really, in my opinion, he didn't really have anything. Left. He wasn't horrible. He just wasn't yeah. good either. He was yeah. mediocre. I would take him over uh, 12, 15 guys in the NFL. Yeah, <laughs> Not right now, but back then. So anyway, uh, you saw him play nine games last year, and if you pace out those nine games to the rest of the season. He gets 136 targets, 88 receptions, six touchdowns, 934 yards. He looks like a top four tight end, a Darren Waller, a Mark Andrews from last year. The question is, does he have the ability to stay on the field? And that is that is the hardest right. the hardest thing about Evan Ingram, which is why he's six on our list. Um, right now, he's going in the seventh, uh, eighth round, early eighth round, late seventh. Um, at pick 70, his snap yeah. percentage, if you want to know what that is, 80%. So he's on the field, you know, roughly the same amount as a Zach Ertz or a Greg Olson or a Ryan Griffin, OJ Howard from last year, um, which is like, I think it's like top seven in snap percentage. So he was on the field for a majority of the time when he was playing. Uh, the, just the concerns with injury are the biggest problem with Evan Ingram. But I mean, for me, like I would consider taking him in the eighth round if I had to. I mean, there's other guys I want to oh, take. Yeah. So, but if you want to take a tight His end, upside is there. Eighth round's totally fine. And for for Evan Ingram, I mean, six on this list. Uh, the only reason why I have Mark Andrews ahead of him is because of injuries. Yeah, I mean that's that's but it's a valid concern with Evan Ingram because he only played eight games last year, and the year before that, he only played eleven. Uh, he has not played a full 16 games in his three-year career so okay. far. Yeah. Uh, but last year, he was on pace for a, a very good season. season. Yeah. All, like around 90 catches, uh, almost 1,000 yards, six touchdowns. Like he would have been like in the same category as like a Darren Waller last year. Um, yeah. So he would have been like the third, fourth, fifth tight end in that range. And I haven't um, projected, I haven't projected at uh, number five at tight end, 143 fantasy points with only 115 targets. So, yeah. um, that could totally end up being, um, you know, where he ends up at, but he could also end up at, you know, 125, 130 targets. Like we have him, you know, paced out at, and that would give him a really great season. I think I just broke my projection sheet by accident. <laughs> Copy pasted well, the name into a place um, I shouldn't have, but anyway. No, I like, I like him Ingram, but there's two concerns for me. One is obviously the injuries, but even if he is healthy, yeah. um, are there going to be enough targets to go around mm -hmm. uh, with the Giants? There's Slayton, Darius Slayton, there's Golden Tate, there's Sterling Shepard, there's Saquon Barkley. So there's a lot of bodies to feed for yeah. Daniel Jones, who we think has the upside of being really good. But, I mean, we'll see this year. So I do like Evan Ingram. Hold on. I got to blow my nose for like the 10th time this show. This is going to annoy me. That's fine. Uh, let's move on to the next guy, unless you have anything else to say about Evan Ingram. I'm good, dude. <laughs> okay. um, so number seven on our consensus is Hawk. I have him seven. You have Hawkinson nine, which is a little bit of a discrepancy, but it's just how he landed on our average projections. I mean, on our average rankings. Yeah. Um, so I am, I'm, I am a slightly higher on Hawk than you are. Um, one guy that I didn't rank at all, and he didn't fall into our consensus because I ranked him so low as Tyler Higby. And um, I'm not going to talk about on this program why I don't think Tyler Higby should be ranked in the top 10, but um, he uh, is not going to fall in our top 10. He's somebody who I probably like, I might move him down. Yeah. A few spots. Uh, consensus has him where you kind of have him, but I was just kind of feeling that he's not going to be what would be. What I just think there's going to be, I mean, I'll just quickly say, I think there's going to be enough targets there to go around. Okay. Um, so anyway, Hawkinson at number seven on our consensus, and we can talk about the discrepancies as to why there's a difference. Uh, Hawkinson last year came onto the scene. And I mocked, we had a team in our league who uh, drafted T 
TJ Hawkinson very, very early. And I was like, Ugh, what are you doing, dude? I made fun of him. And then week rookie one, tight rookie tight end, you know, uh, week one, he went out and it was an absolute like monster. Yeah, monster. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, whoa, what's going on? Nine targets, six receptions, 131 yards, one touchdown. Like he looked like a freaking beast. Mm. Uh, and I was like, oh, my goodness, if this guy turns into something, uh, it could get interesting. But through the 12 games, TJ Hawkinson played before he got injured. He had 59 targets, 32 receptions. Um, and so if you pace that out through, you know, past 12 games, 79 targets, 43 receptions was not not bad at the tight end mm. position. Now, you have to look forward with Hawkinson instead of backwards. Hawkinson's probably going to get a lot more opportunity going into the season. He was a top 10 pick. We have to remember that. Um, yep. His also That's overall, right? His snap percentage last year, Hawkinson was at 63 percent. So my thing with Hawkinson is that he that'll probably increase. And with that increasing, that means his you know number of routes run uh, is going to increase as well. And when that happens, obviously it equals more targets, more opportunity with the guy as talented TJ Hawkinson, as big as he is, he's going to get the opportunity. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he can reach 125 targets just because of the Marvin Joneses and the, you know, you got carry on Johnson still there. You have Deandre Swift who might get some targets. You have Kenny Galladay who's going to get targets. So it's like, there are guys in that offense. Like I think Hawkinson could be the third guy down the list, which is very good. And it's breakout tight end esque. Um, he could be the Darren Waller of this season, the Mark Andrews of this season, but it just, it remains to be seen if he can be, um, and if he's going to get that opportunity, when you start talking about some of the guys lower on our, you know, lower on our consensus list, they're guys who, you know, we look at as very good players that could break out and break onto the scene this year, but just probably, you know, could not this year, but also have opportunity to really do it. And I think it's just a matter of opportunity. Do you see him exceeding the 80 targets that he got last year? If he played a full 16? Yeah, not by a lot, but I do see him getting, uh, mm-hmm a few more targets, maybe like 15 to 20 more targets. Okay. Um, the thing I love about Hawkinson this year, we've talked about him multiple times on this show before, so I'll keep it brief, but I like his uh, red zone upside. First of all, like he dropped a few touchdowns last year, which, you know, you can just look at rookie mistakes. Mm-hmm. Um, if Matt Stafford plays a full 16 games, which, you know, we're going on the expectation that he does. Yeah. Uh, he'll probably throw for around 30 touchdowns. Uh, and I think TJ Hawkinson, along with Kenny Galladay are going to eat most of those touchdowns like they're gonna get a lot of those uh i could easily see hawkinson getting around seven to eight touchdowns this year um so even though i don't think he's gonna have the same amount of targets as maybe like a Mm -hmm. a darren waller um or an evan ingram if he stays healthy uh his touchdown production gives him the chance to have that top five ceiling yeah for tight ends uh and i think projection wise i you know even though i had him i haven't ranked ninth Projections, I think I have him finishing seventh among tenants. Okay. So same spot as you. Yeah. Uh, so I, do, I have uh, him eight, I think, in my projections. Hawk, but. Especially long-term. Yeah, so I think he'll finish around that range. Um, but long-term, he's going to be really, really good. Uh, and this year, he's going to be really, really good, with, but it, it, he's going to have to rely on touchdowns, I think. Which I, I say that loosely because I think he will be able to, even though that is important for him. Because uh, if he gets like two or three touchdowns, again, yeah. he's not going to he, he's probably not going to be um, a great tight end option. He'll probably be a boss. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a it's a it's worth a shot in the dark, especially when, oh, you're, when you when you talk about a little bit later in the draft of TJ Hawkinson at 146, you know, ADP and going maybe undrafted altogether you know, what you know from TJ Hawkinson and the fact that he's a top 10 pick in the 2018 or was it 2019 draft? Think, yeah, he was eighth overall, not 10th overall. Um, I said top 10. doesn't really yeah. matter. But anyway, um, so if he, you know, he's a top 10 pick, he, you know, had almost 80 targets paced out to a full season last year or around that total. He caught the ball at a good percentage, around 60%. Uh, so it's just a matter of him learning, you know, the offense getting out there. And, and, and if he's the second, third option in that offense, there's no way that he doesn't have a really great season. I mean, he has all the measurables. He literally is paid. He's, he's set up for a really good year one. Yeah. And that's what we have to watch for. So it's like, go out and snag him. Yeah, I mean, def- definitely. 
All right, let's talk. It's definitely worth the spot that he's going to hit. Let's talk about the next guy and Noah Font on our consensus. Uh, I'm sorry. It is Hunter Henry on our consensus. Now, I don't have Hunter Henry ranked in my top 10. Yeah. You have Hunter Henry at seven. I think I Hunter Henry is going to be a complete bust. And I okay. think it's because Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback and sure. the Chargers off. I, I'm not really at this point with Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry. And, uh, you know, the only thing I'm really buying in that offense is Austin Eckler. And um, I think I think there's just in the passing game, there's no one that you can really rely on to have a big season. Hunter Henry is talented. He's good. He's he's a, he's an extremely good tight end. But I think that people are going to purchase him at a high value this year. Hunter Henry at pick 82 in the ninth round like that is gross to me. So um, I, I I'm off. I'm off the Hunter Henry train. I'm not willing to take a a guy who you know can't really stay on the field to be honest with you and who hasn't really shown even with philip rivers who loves throwing it to tight ends uh that he can have monster success so you know we haven't seen it from him and i think now that you change the quarterbacks out you know with with tyrod taylor coming in it's just going to be hard for hunter henry to do some of the talented things that he showed that he can do last year yeah i mean i i i get that uh, I do think Hunter Henry is a, a, another really talented uh, tight end, though, when he's healthy. When he's mm-hmm. out there, he's uh, very efficient, great red zone option, great player. But even ignoring that, and we'll talk about the situation, you don't have him in the top 10 because of uh, reasons that yeah. you just said, which includes Tyron Taylor. Uh, and I think that's, you know, it's fair. Um, if you buy the draft me, guide, you can find out where he's ranked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the reason why I like Hunter Henry a lot more than you is for one, Tyrod Taylor, um, mm-hmm. I think is going to utilize that short passing game, yeah. which is going to be heavily involved with an Austin Eckler and, a, and a Hunter Henry. I think it hurts more like a Mike Williams, who's kind of the, the vertical threat who Mike Williams was a bust last year anyway. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to be drafting him early, early, but I, I, I think Hunter Henry's targets will go down. Um, but I think he's mm-hmm. going to be very efficient yeah. still. So I, I still think he can get like 60, 65 catches mm-hmm. around like 700 plus yards. And he gets like six touchdowns, which would put him at like the tight end seven, eight uh, in that range. Mm-hmm. So I still think he's going to be solid. I think what hurts the Chargers more with Tyron Taylor is Mike Williams, the Keenan Allen, uh, those guys. And there's also like really, I mean, it's Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, those four guys, their fifth option yeah uh, probably andre Padden. he's not probably not gonna get any more than 40 targets like they, they're only gonna throw to like four different guys the whole season yeah so i, I think that's he, fair he, he should get a decent amount of opportunity and also if justin herbert comes in at all anytime during the season i think that would only yeah that might be- that would benefit him yeah um i don't know if that happens i have him at 104 fantasy points at tight end 16 with only 72 <sighs> targets Wow. Yeah, I've met so, I've met ninety targets. So I think that's a difference. How many touchdowns do you have? Four. Yeah. See, I've met six. I just don't think I. I really don't think that Hunter Henry is all going to have all that much success inside that. Um, and we both have him as a bust. But um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't draft him. I'd probably stay away from him. But I don't think he's going to be awful. Like, he, like that's the only difference. But yeah. I, I have. I'm a little more confident in him, but I still wouldn't go out of my way to get him on my yeah. team this year. Um, let's talk about the number nine guy. Me and Rick are both going out of our way to get this guy, Mike Gesicki. Um, I have him ranked nine. You have him ranked 10. So we're oh. right there with Gesicki. Uh, I, I'm curious to see. I want to pull up the consensus ranks for um, for tight end. For, uh, uh, for I don't think he's in the top 12. I wouldn't be surprised. Or if he is, he's like 12. Fantasy Pro's website's not loading, so frick me. Uh, anyway, let's talk about Mike Gesicki. So Gesicki's the same kind of situation as Hawk. He doesn't have the draft capital that was that was assigned to him, but he is a freak athlete. He's big. Mm. He looks like Gronk. He has the same catch radius. Like He is literally the white version. I mean, not white version, but the, <laughs> the Miami version. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just called all Miami white. Miami version of of Mike Gesick, I mean of Rob Gronkowski. So, uh-huh. um, I think I think he has the talent and the way Fitzpatrick targets the uh, the tight end position. If he plays a full season, you could see 
you could see uh, Mike Kosicki's 13 consensus right now, by the way. Um, yep, you I, could, I just pulled that up. <laughs> I was like, it took me forever to get there. Um, but you could see Gasicki get targeted a lot in this offense and have a really, really big breakout season. And I think, I think that's because, you know, you talk about what the Miami Dolphins have to pass the football to. They have Devontae Parker. We know that he's going to be there. And the second guy is Preston Williams, who is unproven and he's an unproven talent at this point. Uh-huh. And we know that he's going to get some opportunity this year, but it's, you know, between Preston Williams and Mike Kosicki, who do you think is going to, you know, uh, Ryan Fitzmagic is going to throw the football to. I think it's going to be Mike Kosicki. So if he's the second target in that offense, you could see really good things. Now, if you look at, I'm just going to pull a a random sample size from when he started catching six or getting targeted six times or more a game, which started in week eight. He had 114 targets, 64 receptions, 741 yards and nine touchdowns, which would have pegged him in the conversation as a uh, as a top five tight end last year. Um, because he didn't do that the full season, obviously it hurt him. Um, when you look he at struggled, yeah, in the beginning. When you look at Kasicki over the last few games of the season from that time, week uh, ten, he had sixty-one snap percentage, eighty-six in week eleven, ninety in week twelve, seventy-four in week thirteen, seventy in week fourteen, seventy-seven in week fifteen, sixty-four in week sixteen, and then seventy-five percent in week seventeen. Average sixty-five percent over the course of the whole season. But if you gave him that average of what he did over the last you know, six to 10 weeks of the season, Uh um, you could definitely see him in the conversation of a 71 to 80% uh, snap percentage, which puts him, you know, right around the top 15. So for me, Gasicki's going to be out there. He's going to get the opportunity. And with Fitzmagic as quarterback, I think even with Tua as quarterback, he's going to get targeted because he's a big bulking, large catch radius tight end. Uh, It's actually favorable for a rookie quarterback as well to have a guy like Gasicki at tight end. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, between those weeks that you said, weeks 10 to 17 last season, he was the eighth tight end in fantasy. So I think that's probably where he's going to end up this year. And oh, boy. His consensus is 13. I think you're getting a steal in like those 12th, 13th round, which I think is where he's going right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and his third year as a tight end, it's similar to kind of like Hooper last year. The only difference mm-hmm. is I think he's not going to get the same amount, quite the same amount as – Yeah. Uh, Austin Hooper because the Atlanta Falcons offense is just much better than the Miami Dolphins offense, but mm-hmm. he's going to play a similar role. He is the second option in that offense uh, behind Devontae Parker. So I think he can get like a hundred targets this year. Uh, so last year he had 89 targets, 51 catches, five touchdowns. I think this year he can get like a hundred targets, 60 catches, six to seven touchdowns, yeah. and maybe like 650 yards. And that would put him like, uh, that'd probably put him around the tight end at eight. Which, yeah, is which is where we have where him I feel right. like he's going to yeah. go. And, and he's, but he's got the upside if, like, let's say Tua comes mm-hmm. in and Tua plays well and more efficient than, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick or if Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. plays like he did kind of in the last week of the season against the Patriots. But what he's done Fair. in the past where he'll, like, sneakily get a lot of fantasy value mm-hmm. and throw a lot for a lot of yards at least. Um, then Gaiseki yeah. has that potential to be a top five tight end. You can, you can rob your fantasy compadres in your league and draft Mike Isicki in the late rounds while that moron yeah. is drafting Travis Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> in the first round. No offense, in the first round. Because you're not a moron if you draft Travis Kelsey. In the third round, yeah. No. Uh, but anyway, Gesicki, yeah. He's, I think he's on our sleeper list, but might be transitioning to our breakout list uh, by the draft guide to find out where he actually is and what we think mm-hmm. about him fully. Uh, number 10 on our list is Noah Font, the consensus. Now you have, I have Font at eight. You have Font at, uh, 11. I have him at 11. Yeah. I think I'm going to move him up to 10 there. Okay. Um, so, so the big thing about Font, you know, and he has good, he has good ADP. His value is good. He's in the same conversation with Hawk and Gesicki in terms of where you're, you're drafting him. And these are guys, Hawk, Font. And uh, Gasicki are, are three guys that we would suggest you draft in the later rounds and then save your draft picks away from, you know, don't draft Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, Evan Ingram, those guys. You can kind of, I mean, Evan Ingram maybe, but stay away from the top five to, to build the core of your roster and then take one of these tight ends a little bit later in the draft so that you have a guy who could be a stud next year. Um, right. So Noah Font, obviously, he had a decent twenty, uh, you know, twenty nineteen campaign in his first rookie season. You know, I told you it'll be very solid. 
for a rookie, it was very, very solid, just like TJ Hawkinson. Now the class of tight ends, the, you know, Noah Font and TJ Hawkinson in last year's class were just the top two guys. Um, I, I, you know, when you look at his numbers, he had 66 targets or so through the course of the entirety of the um, 2019 season. Um, He kind of reminds me a little bit of Mark Andrews because his snap percentages were a little bit lower Um, And I think that was just because I think they went up though. If you can check that for, I don't know if you can, but for like the second half, he was at 69%. So a little higher than, than uh, Gasicki on average. So that's actually pretty good. But, um, it actually went down as the season. (laughs) Oh really? Yeah. Interesting. I assumed it would go the other way. Yeah. So anyway, um, but he, yeah, he was right around, you know, 60 to 80% depending on the week. So I I think for me, I, the big thing that I want to see is what he did when Drew Locke took over. And I want to just see when that game was. So let me do that real fast, but give me your thoughts on Noah font. Yeah. I mean, I love Noah font. I love the talent. Uh, and I love that he's got a young quarterback to go with him for the next 10 plus years or however long he's going to be with Denver. Um, I like the situation. The only problem I have with no fun is just, and the reason I have him a little bit lower than you is just because how many targets is he going to get this year with Courtland yeah. Sutton there with Jerry Judy there, KJ Hamler. Uh, now there, no, that's fair. Uh, Melvin uh, Hamler. Gordon I'm not like going to get targets and I don't know how many times I, about, do you think Denver is going to throw the ball 600 times this yeah. year? I mean, they might, but I wouldn't be confident in that. If if Denver throws the ball like 580 to 600 times, uh, even 560, like anywhere between 560 to 600 times, I think Noah Font will have that top five potential ceiling because I think he's probably going to be the second or third option. Yeah. Uh, it's either going to be him or Jerry Judy. And he, I mean, if Drew Locke has a... It, 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 Noah Font's just a wild card because you don't know what Drew Locke is, is the problem. If Drew Locke has a breakout season like some of the fantasy community mm-hmm. thinks like it's pretty split if he if you he could, does have a breakout year and he throws like 20 season. something yeah. touchdowns or 30 touchdowns in that range then yeah. font is going to be fantastic this year and even better than i think he is or you think he is but if if drew Locke is just a flash in the pan last year and he just had a couple good games and he ends up yeah. playing the full year and he's like baker mayfield was last year and Font is not going to be fantasy relevant. Really. Now, or it, I wanna, he will be still, but he'll be like... I want to give you the facts. I don't want our, sure. our community to uh, be confused. Give me the facts as I blow my nose again. And I don't like I don't like this at all, but uh, Drew Locke, when he took over for quarterback week 13 through 17, he had um, an average of three targets a game, and he only had 45 targets paced out on a whole season. Um, for 32 receiving yards. Now his yards per reception yeah. was insanely high at 18, which means that you know the guy gets targeted 80 times and he catches 60 balls yeah, or something question, like that. Um, he could actually be like a thousand yards receiving and a couple of touchdowns. But it just depends on how Drew Locke plays. I think he had more success under Joe Flacco because Joe Flacco likes to throw it to the tight end position, and I don't know if I personally think behind Judy and behind Sutton he is probably the third target in that offense. But uh, there is an argument to be made that he could be the fourth, which is a little bit more concerning, which is why I would take Hawkinson and Gesicki and some of those guys ahead of Noah Font. But you have to peg it as he's on the field for a lot of the time. If they pass it with Drew Locke, he could get the opportunity. And, and, you know, in in the 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th round, it's a great pick. Yeah. No, I agree. He's a great late round value because of the potential upside. Mm-hmm. But I think of these three guys, of the guys, Secchi, Hawkinson, and Font, I think Font has the best chance of not playing well. Okay. Um, just for this year, uh, kind of like the Browns, I, I compare them to the Browns because I think there's a lot of hype for Denver's offense this year. And I think it can be really good, but it also can be disappointing really bad. to some teams. Not really bad, but just disappointing. Yeah. Um, or it could be really good. It's just a wild card is the thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, Drew, but I will say Drew Locke didn't really throw the ball a lot, I don't think, um, which could be why Font didn't have a ton of targets. Mm-hmm. The only game where he threw a lot was uh, week 14, I think, against the Chiefs. He had 40 pass attempts. So I want to see how many targets Font got in that game. But mm-hmm. yeah, he didn't really tar- target Font a whole lot. Okay. Um, and I don't know if that's just because he was a young quarterback and he was just kind of throwing through his mm-hmm. first reads. Um 
Yeah, Font, it doesn't say how many targets he got. He had two catches in that game, so I'm assuming he didn't have a lot of targets. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know if that's just because Drew Locke doesn't like turn to tight ends. Uh, He doesn't have great chemistry with Alphon, or if it's just because he was just a rookie quarterback throwing to his first read or throwing to whoever the coaching staff said, which was whoever was open. Like. So I, I don't know. That's the that's the problem with all of Denver's players, but mm-hmm. no fault in particular because we're talking about them right now. But uh, it's just you don't know with Denver this year, and you don't yeah. know if it's going to be good. You don't know a little bit of uncertainty. It's just, it's, it, there's a lot of uncertainty. It might be worth but the risk in the later rounds. It is, to take it is worth the risk, it, uh, especially where he's going. Yeah. Well, that completes our list of the top ten tight ends. If you if you would like to buy the rest of these, feel free. Go to the fantasychampions.com and go to the draft guide page and buy the draft guide to see the rest of them. Uh, Thank you for listening to this episode. Check our website out and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. We'll see you on Tuesday, my friends. Later. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Champions podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes and YouTube and follow us on Twitter at the FF Champs.